Castleton to sand Once temple always crumbles When we never understand Why all the things around us Keep changing with the times Help wonder what's keeping us alive when here it comes again, just a ray of sunshine to brighten up my day. Yeah, when here I try to stay, but I know before too long the feelings start to fade. Yeah. Seeing wisdom, I can't seem to find when greeting else are going. Trust got left behind. What trouble always follows those who can't see.
Hey folks, welcome to episode 22 of the Michiana People podcast. That opening song was All I Ever Wanted by Forever Gypsy, one of Joe Feingold's first bands. Right after the interview, I've got another song by Dark Trilogy, another of Joe's bands, called uh, Demons Dreaming. I hope you like those. So obviously my guest for this episode is Joe Feingold. I've known him for many, many years, and I can honestly say I've never seen a better guitar player. It was super cool to catch up with him and record our conversation for you folks to hear. Joe is a great guitar teacher and works through Midwest Musicians Co-op in Elkhart. If you or anyone in your family is thinking about playing, Joe's the guy to go to. He's actually taught some of the great guitar players in our area. Joe has a show coming up at Smokestack Brew at the 100 Center in Mishawaka on Saturday, July 30th at 9 p.m. The Smokestack Brew is a great venue and it has got a big dance floor and a lot of great, it's got great sound as well. Joe's going to have Fred Balbo, formerly of Zibby Tebow, who's a great singer, Billy Canty, Tony Long, Cecil Van Huffle and even more guests joining the stage with him. It's a, like I said, it's a great venue and a great show. Make sure you get there. I did want to invite you to check out my Twitter page. Just search Michiana People on Twitter and also my Instagram page, Michiana People on Instagram. I'd like to get more followers there. Obviously, I'd like to get more followers everywhere so I can get people to listen to the podcast because I want to make sure my guests get all the listeners they can. Okay, I work for Mapletronics, so I may be biased, but I know we have some of the best IT engineers in the region. I'd put our knowledge up against anyone around. But that's not what makes Mapletronics great. Our ability to solve your IT issues with you instead of always selling you the expensive solution we think you need makes Mapletronics great. Mapletronics will find a solution for your business continuity, security, and productivity needs that fits your expectations and budget. Check out mapletronics.com forward slash Michiana people for an absolutely free gift and then explore the website to see what Mapletronics can do for you. Business of you. Traditional advertising is dead. Pokemon Go craze really shows that. They did not use radio, TV, or magazine ads. They went ahead and just used Twitter. So that shows that social media can really get the word out about your business. Whether you like Pokemon Go or not, if you have a business, I bet you'd like to have that many people interested in it. Vala Marketing will help create a strong digital presence for your company using web development, content creation, search engine optimization, and social media. So their primary focus is growth. So they look at what you do and find out what people are interested in and get those people to see you and call inbound marketing. So that means you don't advertise to them. They want to come to you. If you haven't figured out how to get quality leads or potential customers in the door, you need to give them a call. As a special offer to Michiana People podcast listeners, Grant of Vala Marketing would like to provide you with some free information. A website, a search engine, and a social media audit will help you identify where you're at and where you can go. Give Grant a call at 574-606-6696 or email him at grant at volamarketing.com and make sure to check out their Facebook page. They put a lot of good content out there. So here comes Joe Feingold. I hope you enjoy the interview. I know I did. Welcome to the Michiana People Podcast. Today's guest has been my friend for many years and even tried to teach me how to play the guitar. He is the best guitar player I've ever seen and is the leader of Forever Gypsy, Dorks with Glasses, The Joe Feingold Project, and Dark Trilogy. He's also a teacher at Midwest Musicians Co-op in Elkhart 
and I do highly recommend him as a guitar teacher, even though I was somewhat of a failure. That was because I didn't want to do it. So uh, he his teaching was fine. It was just my lack of will. Um, welcome to the podcast, Joe Feingold. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, you were the first guy I thought of when I started the podcast and you're going to be like my 23rd or 24th episode so we're finally finally getting together thank you you had some stuff going on so i did lots of things, <laughs> lots of things. i i believe there was a baby being born yes. and, and and things like that so i totally understand being further down the line the good thing is, is we have more listeners now than than when i first started so that's good beautiful i did want to you know we've known each other for at least 10 or 12 years because yes. um, we started coming to see you quite a while ago because Brian, my brother-in-law, who's sitting here, uh, who's rec- rec- recommended <laughs> you, and so we had, you know, we've seen you quite a few times. But it had been a while, and Lisa and I decided to come see you at Smokestack probably well, about six weeks ago. It's somewhere. And uh, you were playing with Forever Gypsy, yeah. and it was pretty much the original lineup. Uh, um, pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. As close as you've been for a while. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and true. and it was funny because we were you were playing, and one of the things Lisa said to me was, "I forgot uh, how good he is." And and, and that's too kind. We were you. really tired that night, so I think we only made it through two sets. But we did get to hear, hear Stranglehold, so that <laughs> I, I was like, "Oh man, he usually saves, saves that for later." I'm glad, I'm glad you put that in. No, no, I try to get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, obviously, I I've never seen anybody as good at guitar as you, uh, both technically and actually having an original way to play and you're it it i can't compare you to anybody that and that's i think that's the the uh mold of a of a great guitar player you know that is very kind of you to say um i just play one on tv yeah (laughs) (laughs) well tv and on the stage Seriously, thank you. Right, thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah, we uh, we've always enjoyed when we come to see you, and you know some of your other bands, you know, Dorks with Glasses and and uh, Dark Trilogy and things like that are probably a little bit more my style than Lisa's style. Sure. So that's when you see me come out instead of, instead of Lisa. But uh, Forever Gypsy, I think, was pretty much your one of your first bands. And, yeah, and for many for many years, and actually. Yeah. It really doesn't exist anymore, but since it is forever, yeah. Quote, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we we sometimes get together in some some uh, w- way. It's it's the reunion show. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. this this last one. I mean, that was very under rehearsed, as one might tell. <laughs> but it is what it is. We still do, yeah. it, you know. So. Yeah. Well, it was it was it was really cool to see you. But the origins, if I might add, really mm-hmm. come from about 1985. 85. Me wow. and the drummer. Me and the uh-huh. drummer. I was 14 years old. He was 21. Uh huh. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's really where that was. It was built. From. And what's your drummer's name again? Matt Lays. And he is like an animal. Yes. On, he's, on the drums. He's a very heavy hitter. You yeah. know. He's a yeah. He's he's one of my dearest friends. He's actually been out of the band for eight years now. He mm-hmm. just. He came back and said he would do a few shows here, here and there with mm. us. So, and 
I must mention that who had been with us before that, Steve Hale is an amazing drummer in person. Uh-huh. However, just uh, he, went, he went his own way, and mm-hmm. Matt came back, at least for the time being. Right. We'll see how yeah. long that lasts. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely a neat experience. And, and all of your bands have some similar aspects, but... Yeah, me. You, you, yeah, heavy. <laughs> good and heavy. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, and I like... You know, when you do the Joe Feingold project, I mean, you do a little bit of everything there. Yeah. I mean, you you do some blues, you do some sure. Motown type stuff, and, do, and yeah, there's there's a, there's more of a variety. Yeah, and that, I think that's cool. So somebody who's usually when I talk to somebody who's as invested in their musicianship as you, when I talk to somebody who's a, a, a casual artist or even a singer-songwriter, they have a ton of different influences and they, they really can't say which one really sure. flipped the switch for them. Usually most of the ones that are really into it, somebody, something made you say, I'm going to do that. Sure. So do you do you have that band or that individual? That- well, actually, in, um, I'm going to say probably about 1977, mm-hmm. I was um, six years yeah. old. Yeah. My mom on a track had Led Zeppelin three. Aerosmith's first album, Rocks, and also Point of Entry by Kansas. Uh-huh. That is my earliest, earliest influence. Just listening to those over and over, I was lucky, you know, I was born in 71, so you, you figure, you know, I was, by the time I got to, to grow up, if I if I wouldn't have been exposed to that, mm-hmm. it would have been the 80s already. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd have been screwed. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was lucky that I also have an older brother, and, and our friend John... And his brother Kevin lived for two houses down from us. Mm. Kevin was also ten years older than us. Okay. So I was exposed to a lot of good stuff early on. Frank Zappa, you know, everything. Johnny Winter. I mean, Uh there's so many. Robin Shower. Everything during that period. Um, Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, I got into the Kiss craze. Oh yeah, you know that stupid Phantom of the Opera in '78. You know, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, so I had all my Kiss stuff, and then. Uh, somewhere probably about the time Unmasked came out, and I no longer, you know, was all into that Kiss craze. And I, by that time, I'm only nine years old, so mm-hmm. I was 80, I believe. And uh, I broke all that stuff. I had the trash can, you know, the Kiss uh-huh. trash can. Wish I still had that, though. It might be worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like, anyway, what I did is I kind of reverting backwards and went to Black Sabbath again, Led Zeppelin, which Led Zeppelin is my all time favorite. Mm. Um, Aerosmith, I've seen 17 times growing up. I mean, I was in their fan club, you know. Uh-huh. That's, these are the kind of things. And, of course, Steve I, Joe Satriani, Ingve. Right. These yeah. are all people that influenced me. But mm. on, on that note, there was other stuff, too. I mean, my dad was into big band music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was exposed to that. I mean, I even watched Lawrence Welk when I was young, you know, with my parents. So, mm-hmm. um, And classical music, there's, there's a lot of... When I started taking lessons when I was 12 at Mendoza's, uh, I was really exposed to a lot of different, like Julian Bream and Segovia mm-hmm. and all these players, Leona Boyd, you know, and, and that really gave me a great foundation mm-hmm. of who I became as far as a player. Right. And even though I'm predominantly a rock player, you know, right. um, quote unquote, um, you know, I got so many influences. Yeah, your solos are very classical yeah. and style. There, there are. Yeah. They can be. They're not yeah. always. But, yeah. I mean, you know, I still use the blues stuff. Right. You know, but uh, right. it all depends on what it fits. If you were to see my band Dark Trilogy, you're going to see more of that, like, 
classical aspect, I guess, than you would in any of my other outfits. Okay. So. So your first guitar, if you were going to Mendoza's, was a was an acoustic. Well, a, a classical acoustic. Interesting. Right? Interestingly enough, my grandma rented us two guitars. My brother and I. He was four years older. Mm -hmm. They were actually electrics. Oh, okay. When we first went there. However, within a month, my brother quit because I was taking it much easier than he was. You know, I was. In, uh huh. And for whatever reason, and. Uh, we wound up getting class. I got, I wound up getting a classical Yamaha. Okay, and I, that's I still have that to this day. Okay, so yeah, um, it was a Yamaha, but they back then they were all about Alvarez and Yamahas, uh -huh. and classical. Yeah, yeah, they were because they're they're predominantly a classical um, place to go. Right, you know, to, um, that they teach there. Mm -hmm. And Dean Watts was my teacher. Mm -hmm. And he was amazing, and I just found out he's battling cancer, and I, I wish him the best. Mm -hmm. I do. I, you know, I miss that guy. He was amazing, and he he's really laid the foundation for who I became musically. So mm -hmm. I haven't seen him in many right. years. One of the things that a lot of people wouldn't know about you, just seeing you on stage, because when you're on stage, you're kind of in your element, and you're kind of in the zone, and you're kind of sure an animal. And but I mean, you're one of the sweetest guys. <laughs> And when you look, you know, I, I follow your Facebook page, you play as many benefits as you do regular gigs. Oh, you're right. And, and it's, it, it's, it's kind of sad that we're getting to that age where we have to do that. Um, I mean, I, I go to more, more uh, funerals and viewings, I think, than, than, than I do uh, weddings and graduations. Sure, so, no, I know. That's, that's but uh, um, I think it's really cool. I think... I, I don't imagine too many people have asked you to play a benefit that you said no to. And you know what? That's really cool. I, I will tell you something about that. Um, it's not anything new. I've actually done it for many years. And, and the guys in my band have, too. Mm. Almost to the point of, like, wow, you know, there's so many. And uh, recently I even posted, I'm like, look, you know, I can't do every single one of these, and I have in the past. Mm. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes, you know, when... You know, I got six of them in one month's period of time. Yeah. You know, there's sometimes I start thinking to myself, you know, man, I need to maybe put a maybe a, a quota on how many I can do in any certain period of time. Yeah. But then the other aspect is my compassion is like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like I'm, yeah. you know, I usually don't say no. Yeah. Um, but that being said, there are some times that people overly. I'm I'm really adamant about something mm -hmm. that the benefit is for something that you cannot control, right? Such as cancer, um, whatever. If you get in an accident, and I hold this to me, and I've been ridiculed for this before. Mm -hmm. If I drink some beer, whiskey, and I get drunk, and I get in my car, and I go hit mm -hmm. a, a telephone pole and uh -huh. kill myself, do not have a benefit for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Other aspects, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, and I have done them still because I realize that after the fact, the family is the one that has to pay for it. So it's really, right. it really goes a little farther than just mm -hmm. that. But I, you know, there's some overdoses and cer certain things like that I do have an issue with mm -hmm. um, in my in my heart. But I'm sorry if anybody takes it offensively. However, again, that being said, I've still done them because I realize I'm doing it for the family. Yeah. So, but yes. I'll do benefits, we'll continue to do it, and uh, do the best we can, mm. you know, as much as we can. Right. What if I wreck while I'm playing Pokemon and while I'm playing? <laughs> <laughs> Oy vey. <laughs>
then uh, I don't think you're going to get a benefit. <laughs> I, uh, I did have the pleasure of meeting your mom and dad when they were still with us a couple of times. You, you and, and, and you actually, you actually came to my dad's viewing. Yeah. And that was, you know, I want to tell you that I remember that and that was amazing that you did. And I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I. I felt like I should. That, so that was that was really sweet of you. Yeah. But the neat thing when I met them is they didn't know me, but it was like they'd known me forever, and and so I can see how that has kind of made you who you are. They were they were really great people, and yeah. I, I'm not even close to the kind of people they are. I mean, I'm an asshole. <laughs> okay, I really can be, and I, you know, I got issues, but you know, I, I have compassion. That's one mm. thing. Anybody that really knows me knows that you know I do have compassion. That doesn't mean I'm not a schmuck. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I can be a schmuck. Brian knows this as well as I. <laughs> However, you know, I do have compassion, and, and I, you know, I'm ridiculed. Believe it or not, if you want to call it ridicule, maybe that's just too strong of a word. But uh, there's a few people that would tell you when I say, "Well, I love you," they say, "But you love everybody." You know, mm-hmm. I've got that so many times. The truth of the matter is, I don't love everybody, but I do have a compassion for most people. Right. And I do, and anybody that's close to me, I do love. Mm-hmm. You know, whether right. and, and people that I that I know, such as you, man, I can mm-hmm. tell you, I can look at you and say I love you. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So um, it, it doesn't have to be somebody that's in my life every day, but you know, I don't generally hate people. Mm-hmm. I hate things about certain people, and there might be one or two that I do hate. <laughs> anyway, that, that's all. But anyway, that's that's who I am, you know. And I, it, right. And I did get a foundation for my parents, like you said. Thank you for bringing them up. Mm-hmm. They were pretty amazing people, and I was very lucky. And as sad as I can always be sometimes because I miss them, mm-hmm. I realize that they're always with me at some point, you know, because yeah. that's how life works. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They, I, I just the the few times that I met them, I can tell that they they touched a lot of lives. Oh, they, right. they, they were uh, they, sure they were good to a lot of people. They and, sure, they sure. And um, w- w- you may think you're kind of an asshole, but um, you, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you have to you, you have to do what you have to do. But uh, sure. um, I've always saw you as a lot nicer guy than than the exterior shows so <laughs> thank you um sometimes sometimes the outward attitude is is a little bit different than than uh, when you actually get to know somebody well perception so. is yeah is all, you know i mean and the, the truth of the matter is just going on that subject for a minute mm-hmm. when you're out you're playing you know and you know, I mean, not that it's contrived in any way, but I mean, you're out there, you got a gig to do. Sometimes people come up, I might be worried about, you know, is it, it could be my guitar, is something mm-hmm. messing up there, is the sound I don't like, uh, are the people into it, all these things, then, you know, then you try to, on top of that, be polite and cordial. Yeah. And sometimes you don't always have that, yeah. that option because you're like in your own mindset. Yeah. You can be really, con- uh, it, it's just a hard hard thing to juggle sometimes yeah okay. and i'm i've always been pretty standoffish with bands when i go see them live even if i know them because they they're up there doing a job yeah you and know they're in there i, I make sure i say sure. hi sure. and and if they want to come over and talk that's fine otherwise we came to see them perform sure. go ahead and perform I, I don't need I, I don't need everybody to know that I know you. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
it's it, it doesn't do anything. But that being said, know that I really appreciate that anybody that comes up and says, you know, hey, I, I mean, I want to see you. Yeah. You know, if you come, I like to say, come yeah, up and say, yeah. hey, great job. It's just I just sometimes, especially for me outwardly, for people that maybe don't know you that well. Mm. And they come up and something could be going on at the time or, or, you know, you're just trying to get in this element to do that. And you can be perceived as something you're not, mm -hmm. is what I'm getting at. And, yeah. and it happens a lot. And I've gotten that over the years a lot. And my singer, Tony, people <laughs> go, man, he's, you know, he's, he's good and all. But, you know, he's like arrogant. I've heard this for you. I have to stick. I'm like, you don't get it. He's just, he's over there. He's not very out like me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, he's a quiet yeah. Guy. Tony is a quiet guy, mm -hmm. so he's got that. Well, probably even more than me over the years. I'd be right. like, no, go up to him, talk to him. Hey, he'll go, hey, man, thanks. Yeah, this and that. But if he's just sitting over there, it's like he's too cool. You know, oh, that's yeah. the perception. Uh -huh. It's really not that. Yeah, way, yeah. You know? uh, I've talked to quite a few musicians, and they, I haven't seen any of them that have such a huge ego that you couldn't go up and say hi, but. I, I I do like to respect when people are working. Just sure. say hi, great job, and then and, th and thank you for that. Let it go. Your early influences, you know, you've you've got the Zeppelin, you've got Aerosmith, and things like that. I, you know, I hear some of that in what you play now. When you do your own music, there may be some elements from that, but it's really hard to place where that comes from because it's almost like like dorks with classes it's yeah. <laughs> it's more it's almost like hard jazz than it is than it is uh, uh well, anything else it, where, where where does that come from well in that in particular the brainchild of that has nothing to do with me okay <laughs> that would be aaron woolley okay? okay and him and chris nespo who are dorks mm -hmm. <laughs> that's really where that originates from I pretty much just play over it. Okay. Okay. That's that's me adding my element to their okay. stuff. So that does come from a totally different place. Okay. Okay. So you you're right. That is influences of like, I'm gonna say I always liken that to like maybe like Primus meets Frank Zappa. Yeah. And then you got me over it that sounds like I don't know how I play over yeah. it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's where that originates. So in that one in particular, that's the reason that. Yeah. That is and then your dark trilogy stuff is heavy, but it's all. It's, it's got that classical. No, it's no, it's it's that has elements of everything I do. Mm. And it's um, there are some classical tinges in there. There's a lot of mid Middle Eastern, excuse mm. me, influences that I like to play in a lot of those songs. It's progressive, but yet it's melodic. Mm -hmm. it, I don't know. It's, I'll be honest with you. As far as at this time, if I had a choice to play like shows and and do them all the time it would probably be dark trilogy stuff uh-huh that's probably but you know that's not the majority of what people want to hear. right so you know especially in this time right so uh, but i've been blessed well i shouldn't say right well i'm, I'm saying i've been blessed it's, it's getting better i think well i've been blessed recently in the last couple of years excuse me and i hit this mic uh that i've got to do some pretty some really awesome shows with people that i respect over mm -hmm. the years you know, heroes of mine. So, and if I wasn't in Dark Trilogy, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. So that's also a plus for me, you know. Um, and uh, I've got to actually play with one of my, you know, the guys I watch his instructional videos. Mm -hmm. He's my friend, you know. Right. So that's Michelangelo Badio. So right. that's like pretty amazing for me. So I really enjoy that stuff. You know? Well, let's talk about that because you were, you, you were playing pretty much all locally uh, within 
within probably a 50 mile radius yeah. of here for a long time and recently you've got to get on stage with some pretty heavy hitters sure so how how has that come about well what it is basically is clint pagel he uh went out and kind of took the bulls by the horns and started contacting these people mm -hmm. and he got in touch with a guy named bruce corzon and he's a he's an agent or a booking um Corzon Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And initially, that's how we got the first, uh, in Bolingbrook, Illinois, the first show with Michelangelo. Baby. Mm -hmm. However, before that, we'd already done some shows, like, you know, with, I'm thinking Jackal, and I can't remember some other bands and such. Mm -hmm. um, but this was more our element, right. you know, because it was guitar-oriented. Right. And... Uh, that was our first one, and since then we've done 10 with him, and also Clint's went out to different places, like Reddy's in Chicago, and we've done Jakey Lee, uh, Tony McAlpine, these are two other people you know, mm. grew up with, um, and there's other people I can't, they're eluding me at this point. Mm. But anyways, it's been pretty amazing. Mm. And, and just three weeks ago, we went to St. Charles, Illinois, and played with uh, the Winery Dogs, which is Billy Sheehan, uh -huh. and Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, and... Mm. Uh, Richie Cotson, who's amazing, and singing piano and guitar. Right. So, man, that was amazing. And that was a beautiful place. And I don't, anyway, I guess what it boils down to is Clint. <laughs> uh -huh. Clint made it happen, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to, uh, to be part of it. Now, Billy Sheehan has touched oh, so many bands. Yes. He is... Uh, David Lee Roth, Talis to begin with, but David Lee Roth. Yeah. Mr. Big, uh huh. Yeah, um, he's yeah, he's amazing. He's probably the best rock bass player alive. Right, right. Yeah, he's he's been all over the place. I'm pulling up his Wikipedia right now. Something pretty cool about that. Um, that's Clint's idol. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's his man. And uh, he talked to us before. He played with Terry Bozio. Oh yeah, no, he's wow. he's played with Steve Vai. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. like something cool about it is that. At that show when we got there, um, he was doing an interview, and Clint was kind of a funny story. Clint was videotaping, he started videotape, and he looked over, and, he's, and Billy looks at Clint uh -huh. like that. After he got done with the interview, he comes down, he goes, you guys in the back of Ben, let's say, yeah, he goes, look, I didn't mean to, you know, he was very kind about you, but we don't allow video in the sound check. Mm -hmm. He goes, you know, for whatever reason, different things happen, you know, mm -hmm. wires not working, whatever. So Clint apologized, and I make a comment. Nice one, Clint. You know, just piss off your idol, and Billy's like, no, no, no. So, anyways, after about twenty minutes of him talking to Clint and us and Clint's wife about cats, yes, cats. And yeah. Anyways, um, he he leaves, you know, and we hang out for a while, and we go get our stuff, and we get our stuff up there and get sound check. And so fast forward about an hour later, we're on stage right and we're uh getting ready to go on so we all walk up there to get our stuff on who's sitting in the control room on the side of the stage billy sheen oh uh -huh. he looks and he says you know guys i don't usually ever watch the back of man but i got really early and came here and he, and he sat on the side of the stage hmm. now the scary part about this is number one no pressure right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i took a couple pictures of clint you know with him right there before we go on and I mm. just wrote on my Facebook, holy shit. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> anyway, so we go on and who knows how long he's, he stood there because you, you get out of there for the, right. you know, but, so we don't know. Um, 
scary part is we didn't really talk to him after that. Now I did see him and get a picture with him, but it was already with a bunch of other people that were already up. Yeah. Like three, four hours later. Right. However, um, yeah, but that was really cool for whatever reason. Whether he liked us or not, <laughs> the bottom line is Billy Sheehan was there. We, we got to hang with him and he watched us at right. least for, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that yeah. was pretty cool. So. Yeah, that's 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 great. Um, you host a couple open jams during the week. I do. T- tell me about those, where they're at, what happens. Okay. Unfortunately, I don't think I've been to one for at least eight years, so... Okay, so Wednesday nights at Cheers Pub in Roseland starts about nine o'clock, mm-hmm. give or take. It's more of a late bar anyway. So even during the week, uh, we used to start at ten, but now mm-hmm. it's nine o'clock. Sometimes give or t- but nine to whenever. Mm-hmm. That's really how that works there. But everybody's uh, invited. You know, I mean, you got to be twenty-one or over, of course. Yeah. But uh, any genre, you mm-hmm. know, you can play country. Like we got a guy that plays country. Starts off the night usually. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be just rock because that's known as a rock bar. Yeah. But everybody's welcome. We have the back line, full PA, full lights, which I have at both my jams. Mm-hmm. Um, the equipment's there. Just bring your guitar, your voice, your keyboard, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I do the one on Wednesday at Cheers in Roseland. I do with uh, KJ Hammer Hammerstein and uh, what's the other guy? Oh yeah, Aaron Rowe. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding, Aaron. <laughs> I love Aaron. I gotta give him pro- uh, anyway, but Aaron Rowe, he does that. And then on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock here in Mishawaka, on 4th and Union in Mishawaka, Trips Trackside Tavern. Tracks is spelled wrong, but that's uh-huh. the way they accidentally did it, so they kept it that way. <laughs> so it's with an X. Yeah. Trackside Tavern, right by the tracks, 4th and Union, behind Family Dollar, mm-hmm. across from Oliva's. I start that at 8. We generally go to when it's done, but it's usually over by 12.31 at the latest. Mm-hmm. So that starts at uh, 8 o'clock again, and mm-hmm. that's at Trips Trackside. Same thing, full PA. Uh, just bring your instruments, your your you know, your voice. Uh-huh. Or just come and hang out and watch uh, you know, watch talent play. You right. know? And we encourage everybody to come. I'm going to tell you, people, if you're listening to this, you got to keep live music alive. And I mean that. Sincerely, because soon karaoke and DJs are going to take over everything, and they are. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just saying we got to have it because if it dies, it's gone. I go, yeah. to, I go to the Thursday night one every night, and mm-hmm. the every Thursday night, the town I have seen there is just amazing. Yeah. I can't I can't believe the town around this town. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I and obviously I've I've interviewed a few, and I'm I'm paying a lot more attention to a lot of the people in town that are. That are doing that and support supporting the local music is very very important. And that goes that goes with shows and everything. You know, even when I have a gig, it's not unlike me. If I start like later than another show that I know is going on, and I'm in that vicinity, and sometimes mm-hmm. not, I will make it. Yeah. If I play a gig and I'm done early, I'll make it to somebody else's gig afterwards. Yeah. It's so important to support as much as we can. Yeah. Especially in a small area. I mean, mm-hmm. we really need it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, times have changed from the time I started to now. Things are so different. There right. was a time 25 years ago, you go to a bar, you don't even have to like that band. That place was, or they, they might not even be good, uh-huh. but that place was wall-to-wall, packed. Right. right. Okay, and generally, there was always a cover, mm-hmm. at least five bucks back then. Right. Now you got half the places are free, mm-hmm. no cover, other places are five dollars, and some people complain that it's even five bucks to get in. Yeah. Or, you know, it's not much, you know, you figure five dollars, 
get you a pack of strings. Just for me to play my guitar, put those strings on, it's five bucks. Yeah. You know, but some people have an issue with that. Mm. You know, I'm just, I just want you to look at the realistic people smoke, $5. Yeah. A beer, almost $5. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm saying it, it's not the end of the world because you're paying $5. <laughs> I do almost think that most places should all just charge 5 That way it's a standard thing. Nobody can bitch either. Right away, you know, yeah, and then just keep it. But they don't do that, mm. and you know, don't get me wrong. I like going into a place and not having to pay. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a great thing. But I'm just saying that five dollars should not determine if you're going or not. Right, right. Is there a cover? Well, I'm gonna stay over here because there's a cover. I hear that all the time. Yeah, I mean, I could be. Why don't you come down here? I'm over here, not yeah. even playing. Yeah. So like, anyway, and when your audience pays. You tend to get an audience that came to see you. Sure, that's true. Um, no, you're right. Rather than you be the background music. You got it. So it's kind of like making a, a kid pay for their own lessons. Uh, if they're the incentive. Yeah. It's like I spent my money on that. Right. As opposed to their parents paying for it. Oh, I'll take it or leave it. It's right. Not, it's not, you know. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to make sure I take care of the guitar geeks. Um, what kind of guitar do you play? What kind of strings do you use? What kind of an amp do you like? Well, that's very easy. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I know. Well, there's this is for the this is for the people who don't know you. Well, there's only. I mean, just for me. Remember, this is all. It's all subjective. You know, mm. everybody had. There's jokes made because I always call other things toys. Or, yeah. You know, or I play. I'm at a jam and I show up and they let me play their Fender. I go, yeah, I'll play your toy. Um, <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, just for me, I found Ibanez many years ago, and I was also blessed that my first Ibanez was a Steve I gem. Okay. So that didn't hurt. Um, but Ibanez all the way, Marshall all the way, and mm-hmm. as far as strings, as a, I, I use Ernie Ball's uh, tens, mm-hmm. or I use these elect, or Elixir's tens. It's okay. basically what I've been using for. I used to use D.L. Dario, um, but that's uh, I'm simple. Okay. So. Yeah, those three it's, things. I'm good. <laughs> it's it's all in the playing, mm-hmm. folks. If you've never seen Joe play, you really need to see it. It's uh, Lisa and I have been getting out to see a lot of bands lately. Could be a lot because of the podcast. We want to go out and support everybody. And but I've never, I still haven't seen anybody play like Joe. I mean, right. it's it, it's he's one of those guys you can't really compare him to anybody. He's got his own style. He does his own thing. Um, if you ever want to see somebody play with their tongue, he's the guy that does it. Um, and if you don't think it's possible, then go see Joe. <laughs> because it is. Well, Joe, I do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Basically, the way I do things is once you're on the podcast, I promote you forever. So anytime you put an event, it's on my page. Thank uh, you, sometimes you have to remind me because That's I don't live on social media. I get and, it. And I miss things <laughs> once in a while. I, I do recommend that anytime you can go out and see Joe with any of the bands he's playing with. If you see his name attached to it, just go see it. And if I may, yeah, um, you can also check out all the bands mentioned: Dorset Glasses, Dark Trilogy, mm-hmm. Forever Gypsy. Well, yep, that too. But all and Joe Feingold, even myself, on Reverb Nation. There's a page with music on all four of those. Okay, bands. I'll put links to all. Also, that. my acoustics on there, and um, I was going to mention that. Not this Saturday, but July 30th. I just got this gig recently. I should promote it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a gig at the Smokestack again, but this time it'll be me, my singer from Forever Gypsy, Freddie Balbo, oh. 
from Zimmy Tebow, mm -hmm. Billy Canty on drums, and okay. of course Cecil Van Huff will be with us. So that should be a lot of fun. Oh um, yeah! And uh, again, that's from that's from nine to one on Saturday, July thirtieth. Okay. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to make sure I, I was going to flip a coin because I did two interviews today on which one's going to go up on Monday. I'll make sure this one goes up on Monday. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Joe, thanks again for being on the podcast and for being my friend for so many years. Scott, it's a pleasure. We thank, thank you. Yeah, We don't see enough of each other, no. but when we do, it's good. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping.
his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore.